Hello, my name is Katie, and this is the Truth For Your 20s podcast. This is where we have weekly conversations with the people I love most from the internet as we navigate all the things we wish we knew when we were 20. My goal is to help you avoid heartache, go further, faster, and have the most joy-filled life in your 20s and beyond. Today, we are talking about sobriety, alcohol, and how to talk to a friend who is in a toxic relationship. It all ties together probably a lot more than you may realize. My guest today is Crystal Coolier. She is awesome. I found her on the internet and the joy of having a podcast is you find people you just really admire and who are speaking some truth bombs and some fascinating content. And you're like, Hey, I would love to know you more. Would you like to be a guest on this podcast? Thankfully, Crystal said yes, and we're going to get into it. I know you're going to love this conversation, but real quick, I just a reminder, I would love your review on iTunes. My goal is to reach 250 reviews. We are currently at 188 and about 2000 people listen to every episode. So doing the math, there's a lot of people who haven't left a review. I promise it is super easy. Last week, I asked you to do something kind of funny and super easy. I have teenagers and they always have funny words for cool. Like that is dope. That is bussin. That is slaytastic, whatever. If you will take four seconds, go to iTunes, hit leave a review and say your version of something like that. It would make my day. It would be hilarious. And I would definitely share it on the internet and give you a shout out on this podcast. So if you could do that, that really helps other girls find this podcast. So if this has been of any benefit to your life and added value, please help us do the same for other girls on the other side of their net by leaving a review. Okay, here is this conversation. Hey, how's it going? I'm so happy to be on here yes, with you. Yes, I'm glad that you're going to be here too. Remind me of where you are geographically. Yes, I am in, well, actually I just moved, so I am in Round Rock, uh, Texas right now. Nice. Okay, great. Well, Crystal, I just loved your story and was so glad to connect with you through social media. And I was like, oh my gosh, this girl is so inspiring. So I'm just excited for you to share your story. And um, I know it's really helpful for our listeners, your, your personal journey and stuff like that. So I'd love for you just to kind of give us a backstory. Yeah, definitely. Well, obviously my name is Crystal and um, I am currently a faith-based life coach and um, I typically help women just really lay down the idols in their lives. And the two things that I typically attract is women that are struggling um, to really let go of toxic relationships or just really settling for less than God's best and um, struggling with binge drinking. So using alcohol to cope, not necessarily where they are addicted to alcohol, but where that's just kind of like a staple in their lives. And they feel like God is just really telling them to lay that down. And so the way that I just came to where I'm at today is just really going through my own journey with those two things. And so I was somebody that, um, used to just binge drink a lot. (laughs) Um, and I did that for years and years and, um, I ended up getting in this relationship I was in for like 10, 11 years that relationship turned really toxic. And that's really when I found myself in a space where I was really using alcohol to cope. And that's when it just got super bad. And that's also when I really found God. And I'd always been a believer, but I never really knew what it meant to actually have a relationship with Jesus. And um, God just really led me to to this church that I was with for, for a while. And they really just showed me the love of Christ. And um, God just, like I always say, I always say God wrecked my life in the best way possible. um, Because he just broke down everything. (laughs) Yeah, he just broke down everything that was just, um, just blinding me. And that was just so toxic in my life. And um, alcohol was a big one. And like I said, when I, you know, towards the end of that relationship, because the the man that I was with, um, he had his own struggles. um, 
with substances and so forth, but his was, it was a little different than mine. It looked a little different. And um, there was just a lot of emotional abuse and just, it was just, it was just crazy. We'll just say that. And so um, finally, when I I really got brave enough and really just had grown in my faith, um, really, because I feel like that's the only way I would have been able to do it because I just didn't feel strong enough on my own. I finally left the relationship and you would think I would just, I would have, um, you know, stopped drinking and all that, but no, I've been in this cycle for a while. And that's actually when I started drinking more. And I realized that I had found so much of my identity in that relationship because I was trying to be his savior. Mm, And that was like, yes. So that was a big thing I realized. And then I realized that I didn't know who I was without alcohol. So it's, I felt like a limb had just been cut off for me. I just felt like my identity, I didn't know who I was. And there was even some days where I was like, what do I even like? What is my favorite color? Because I was so enmeshed in that relationship. And again, like who I was when I was drinking, you know, to the point where I didn't really even know how to have fun without alcohol. I just, it was just really, really interesting. And so, um, but God really just, pulled me out of that. He surrounded me with people that really prayed for me, uplifted me. I had my own coach. I hired a Christian counselor too. And I just kind of went for it. Um, because after, after we did in that relationship, like I said, that's kind of when I hit my, I guess, quote unquote rock bottom. And I knew that if I did not stop drinking at that time, I just, I just knew that I was just going to become a full blown alcoholic and who knows what else, because it's like, once you start with one thing, that's typically never enough, right? When you're not getting to the root issue, you just keep drinking or doing other things. So, um, but that's, that's my story in a nutshell. And um, so I have been out of that relationship and alcohol free for probably, I don't know, I think maybe like almost five years now, I kind of stopped counting, but I'm just because it's such a big part of my lifestyle now and just what I do. But yeah, so that's my story. (laughs) I love your story. And I love it that you're sharing you're good, bad, and ugly, so to speak, to help other women. There's so many things I wrote down that I want to come back to and like pull the thread, so to speak, and, and learn, learn some more. You said, you know, drinking was part of your life for several years. And this, this relationship, I'm sure, didn't, didn't start toxic. And um, 11 years, that's a long time. So I want if you could yeah. maybe, because you obviously have come to a very healthy place in all of this. And I just want to maybe unpack the responsibility of the reckless lifestyle in the relationship. You know what I mean? Because I think that sometimes we, it's easier to point the fingers. Oh, he was a toxic guy. He ruined my life. Yada, yada. I'm sure it takes two to tango. I'm sure there was things that he didn't, that weren't great, but you taking your responsibility, Mm -hmm. I think is beautiful. And I think that that's, you know, we can only, we can't change others. We can only change ourselves. Right. So I guess if you can just maybe take me back to the choices you were making, the lifestyle you were living and how it obviously didn't lead you into the direction that you wanted to go. Yeah, definitely. Well, I was definitely in that mindset for a while where he was the problem. He had the issues and I was just, but at the end of the day, I, I truly was toxic myself too, because when you're binge drinking like that and you have somebody else that's, you know, struggling with substances, it just turned into a really toxic thing. And so, um, I really feel like when I found my faith again, when I found God again, was really when my eyes started to be opened um, to where I had my own convictions, where just God started to revealing to me, hey, like, maybe you need to stop drinking. Maybe, you know, and he's not the only problem. And just God just, and I allowed God to really, you know, just come into my heart and to do that work too. And so once I started, let God in, once I started to really surround myself, even just with people that were, you know, growing in their faith and and doing better in their life, and they weren't just drinkers, you know, they weren't just the party friends. um, I really started to just see that I needed to take accountability for my life and for my actions. And so that's, kind of just what I started doing, even while in the relationship. And I mean, 
there's different things that I also had to do because I was very codependent as well. And so, I mean, I, I went to meetings, like I said, I had a Christian counselor and I also had mentors within my church um, that just really helped me see the different blind spots that I had. But a really big piece of it was really just taking accountability and um, also having compassion because when you're in a relationship where addiction is is like it was, you know, in our relationship, like I said, I was the one that was trying to be the savior and so forth. Like I really had to learn compassion because I had so much hate in my heart. And just again, like a lot of pointing the finger. And so I'm um, just, yeah, compassion, taking accountability. And just as far as like different actions that I took, I mean, I feel like, I feel like they're pretty basic. I really had to, I was in the word surrounding myself with, you know, good life-giving people. And um, I feel like that's like the main, the main pieces of it. And just taking care of myself too, because again, being in a relationship like that, you tend to forget about yourself. And I didn't even know what that really looked like as far as self-care because I hadn't done it for so long. So Um, did you become a Christian before or after y'all broke up? No. So this was kind of actually during, um, so I, I I guess I quote unquote was always a Christian, but I wasn't, you know, it's kind of like, when you wore the label as a Christian, like I went to church, you know, on Christmas and holidays, but I never really was walking the walk. So um, during this relationship, um, I just kind of felt a nudge to, I was, I was looking for a Bible study. I was looking for something and I actually had came across um, a friend of mine from high school and her and her husband actually had started, um, they were doing like a home church. And so I had reached out to them. And so that's just kind of how everything kind of evolved. And so during that relationship is when I really started like growing my relationship with Christ. And then of course it's only evolved since then. So it was interesting. (laughs) So you're a new believer still in this toxic Mm -hmm. relationship. And I know it's not overnight. There's just changing and okay, what do I do on a Friday night now? I usually go to the bar, like Mm -hmm. all of that. So talk to me about that. Like, and also did you break up with him? Like, I need to know more. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. So I, I did break up with him. Um, towards the end of the relationship, um, like I said, he really struggled with substance abuse and the drug of choice that he had chosen. It's, I mean, all of them are bad, but this one was just, it was really extra where it just was kind of, um, I felt like I was in danger. And so it Mm. was honestly, like it was a big mess on even just leaving the relationship and so forth. But yeah, all that to say, I ended up telling him to leave. He left. It wasn't a clean break because again, it was very toxic, but that's kind of how that happened. And then as far as like what I did, I think that was your other question, what I did, I guess, newly alcohol free. Yeah, just like what that process looked like. Yeah, definitely. So I, to be totally honest, I feel like at the beginning, I did isolate myself. And I don't recommend doing that because I feel like you can still be alcohol free and have a social life. Um, But I was just still trying to figure all that out. And so I did isolate a little bit just because most of my friends, they they drank. And um, there were times where I did go out to the bar and I I didn't drink, but I found that that was probably not the best thing because it was just such a big temptation. And so um, after I kind of crossed that little threshold, I really started just working out a lot, um, doing self-care and just, I really just like dived into the Bible and really like immerse myself in church and just community and serving. And that's, yeah. And that's, what's really helped me. And especially at the beginning, cause it's just, you know, I mean, alcohol is everywhere. And especially when that's your main circle yeah. that just, you know, that mostly was your party, you know, your party friends. Um, that was, that's what really helped me. So I love though, that you talked about just completely diving into church life because obviously, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know you super well, but like 
if we have um, passionate personalities, I'm thinking of a quote that says that some of the best people for the kingdom of God are the people that would be causing trouble if they weren't Christians. (laughs) And I think that's such a cool quote because if people have addictive personalities, but they're addicted to the right things, like that's so exciting. Like our youngest daughter is ultra passionate. And like when she wants something, like I pity the person who gets in her way. Like she is hell bent determined, which is a wonderful quality if it's like channeled in the right direction. Right. And so I just, I, I picture, you know, this, girl who you're all into the party lifestyle. Right. And then God's like, I got a plan for her. And while I'm sure it's painful and messy and like, wait, what the heck? You're a new creation now talking on podcast about setting people free from alcoholism. I just love it. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. It's been, yeah, it's been such a wild ride. And I love that you say that because that's something that really the Lord has spoken to me about too. Cause even as, even when I was younger, I was very like rebellious, like very just like, I was just that kid. And yeah. it's funny. Cause like the Lord is just using that towards, you know, such a more positive way and just for the kingdom and, and so forth. So it's, it's awesome. One of my friends one time told me at first, I didn't know how to take it, but something about like, I reminded her of Paul, like of the Bible. And he was, he was a little bit of a hellion, you yeah. know, like I, <laughs> He was out murdering Christians before he became a believer. And I'm like, I'll yeah. take that as a compliment. And so anyway, I think that you're a Paul too, sister. Yeah, <laughs> I think so too. So oh, another thing I want to talk about is that these habits are hard to break. And so, you know, it's easy for you to talk us to have this conversation mm-hmm. on this other side of it. But I know in the trenches of, you know, from alcohol every day or, or how you've been drinking, you mentioned to mm-hmm. this sober lifestyle, like. I'm sure it wasn't a snap of the fingers. So maybe some girls listening and habits look different. It might not be alcohol. It could be a million other things. And sometimes, you know, Mm -hmm. there's lots of addictions. We don't have to name them all. But anyway, what would that look like for you? And just maybe some, some steps or some grace and that kind of thing. Yeah. um, Well, I, I will say that I did know for a while that alcohol, like the way I drank was just unhealthy. And I started to realize that was not how everybody else drank because for me, it's like, if I had one drink, I was like, what's the point? Like I want, if I was going to drink, I was drinking to get tipsy or a borderline drunk. And most of the time I just got drunk because where is that line really sometimes? Right. Do you know that you can book a call with me? Yep. Just you and me. We can talk about boys or faith or finding your calling or what you want to be when you grow up or anything in between. My passion, as you know, from this podcast is to be who I needed when I was younger. And I book online mentoring calls all throughout the week. I have a calendar where you pick a time that works for you and we just set a phone call date and make it happen. Usually I'm walking around my neighborhood. You can do whatever you want, but we're going to just get to all the good stuff. Sometimes all you need is an unbiased third party who has your best interest at heart. I want to be your adopted mom, cool aunt, best friend, whatever you want to call me, but let's get real. Let's get honest. I would love to be your mentor. Check all the information at katiebulmer.life. Y'all know I'm all in favor of having fun. Like have fun always, if not always, is one of my life mottos. But you don't have to get drunk to have fun. This is why I love Curious Elixir's booze-free cocktails. They're actually very good. They have natural adaptations to help you unwind. And they don't make you make questionable decisions or have hangovers. So make sure you check out the discount code in the link of these show notes. Curious Elixirs has become one of my favorite things. I wish they existed when I was 20, but thankfully they exist for you now. And there's a discount code waiting for you right in the link in these show notes. You talk about, you know, you break all those bad habits and in walking in sobriety now. And I think that that's important to talk about because what I hear from a lot of single people um, is, 
oh, well, I can date this way. I can live this way. I can um, do whatever. And then somehow when I get married, like I'm going to walk down the aisle and address and like snap of the fingers, everything changes. And I think what people don't realize is you are becoming your future self, you know, like, like this habits that you're developing as an 18 year old, as a 25 year old, whatever, you know, there's no magic button that on the, I, I walked down the aisle. I didn't see a magic button. If it was there, you know, I'll holler, let me know. But yeah. <laughs> I think there's just this disconnect of the habits you are developing, no matter your age, they go with you in your future and nothing changes if nothing changes. And so anyway, I just wanted to, you talked about like how exciting that is that you got clean. You got to be this healthy individual as a single person. That's such a gift to your future marriage. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And even when it comes to relationships too, I've definitely had moments where I'm just like, okay, like I'm ready. Like what's the next step God? And I've, I've honestly, I've been single since I went alcohol free, but I can say all in God's timing. And also it's allowed me to really just do the work. And like you said, like even just going yeah. alcohol free, how that's going to, obviously that's going to be such a blessing for going into dating and, you know, relationships and marriage eventually. Um, but it's like, there's so much more that God's been able to work with me on in between that, where he's been able to prepare me for that godly marriage. Because if I would have, say, if I would have gotten married, I don't know, you know, with my ex, like that would have been a total disaster. That would have been really rough. And so just, yeah. um, just seeing, you know, where my mindset has been from there to now, and just even my faith. And just like you said, like my habits and all that, like, it's just, I'm grateful for all the time that, that I have had to work on myself and grow in my faith because I can truly bring that into that godly marriage. And even just being, you know, um, in the future, like a mother and, and, you know, things like that. I just feel like that's so, so important. Talk to me about sobriety because, you know, I think that generally speaking, most people don't have a problem mm -hmm. with a drink or two, you know, if they're of age. Um, but it can very easily become a problem. And and so you don't, you have saying from alcohol in general, mm -hmm. I guess what the answer to that is, and, or just unpack that a little bit, because some people will be like, oh, what's the harm with this? Mm -hmm. But sometimes there's lines and sometimes they're easily crossed. Yeah. yeah. What have you found in your experience? Yeah. I mean, for me, I was never, um, I was never physically addicted to alcohol. Um, I, I was, I was more of a binger. So I could go out on Friday and then I'd be like drinking Saturday, Sunday, which honestly is very common for a lot of people. I don't see that as a bad thing, but then when people actually try to just totally take that out of their lives, they, there's, there's an attachment there. And a lot of times that's like an emotional attachment, you know? And then of course we know alcohol does things yeah. to the brain and the body. Um, but as far as like me personally, um, I honestly, that's a personal conviction that I have from the Lord. Just, I feel like that's just an open door just to nothing that's life giving. And, um, and yeah. there has been, I will say, um, when I was about a year alcohol free, um, I did get to a point where I was like, okay, I was like, well, you know, I've, I've had a break and, you know, maybe I can just go have a few. And, and I did, and I really, and it wasn't like, I didn't have a bad day. It wasn't like an emotional thing. I was just like, but in the back of my head, I did, I know I did have the thought of, you know what, I just want to be normal and just be able to go have a couple of drinks. And so I did go out that night and it was interesting because my tolerance hadn't changed and, but it really did nothing for me. Like I, and I remember even yeah. praying before I was like, God, like, I know this probably isn't what you want me to do, but I'm going to do it anyways, being totally defined. And I was like, but please don't make me feel like, cause you know how you have the hangover blues and all that. And I just remember praying this really weird prayer and it was weird. I didn't even like, I had like a little bit of a buzz, but like, I just, it really didn't do anything for me. The next day I felt, you know, just kind of tired, like a little hungover, but I remember just thinking like, 
that was such a waste of time. And it just really solidified for me that that just wasn't something I needed in my life. And I don't recommend that either. Because like you said, that is a slippery slope, especially for people, you know, for anybody, really, I mean, whether you drink every day or not, I mean, you could just have one night where you go and binge drink, and that could lead to who knows what, like, you know, drinking and driving different things, which I've, I've had my share of, of, you know, things happen, you know, in my life too. And so I would say, um, that's kind of what it's been for me. And as far as like, I guess, giving advice to other people, um, I would say, because I know we like to Google things and we like to Google, hey, am I an alcoholic? And we like to like find this box or like even just like this validation that we're um, that we're not problem drinkers. And I would say when it comes to that, because I did that too, is just really looking at it and just asking yourself the simple question, like, especially as a Christian, like, is this going to lead me towards God or is this pulling me away? And two, is this adding to my life or taking away from my life? I think those are very like simple questions you can ask yourself. And it doesn't matter what society says. It doesn't matter what your friends say. It doesn't matter what Google says, but it's like, is this really for you specifically? Oh, girl, that is so good. Yes. And I think that, you know, I don't think either one of us are here to say, oh, like you're wrong or you're bad. You know, I know a a wonderful Christian who hosts a Bible study and they all have wine. Like, yeah, it's personal conviction. Mm -hmm. But what you said was so powerful. Like, is this helpful? Um, Is this leading to me? is leading me to be the person I want to become, or is this leading me closer to God? And like, um, and maybe, you know, in some varieties and some circumstances, like I said, that girl in her Bible study, but yeah, like, is it yeah. helpful? I think that's, that's such a good question. So, oh my gosh, I love that. Yeah. Um, I'm going to switch gears a little bit um, from alcohol and talk about toxic relationships because this is also a hot topic and you lived deep in the trenches mm-hmm. of this topic. I wonder if you can talk to, first of all, maybe, some signs when you realize like, um, wow, yeah, this is bad. Gosh, at the beginning, there was red flags galore that I totally ignored. But I feel like at that time, not I feel I know at that time, I was very insecure. I was just very green to a lot of things. And I think I was just looking for that person to fulfill voids that really only God could and you know, but as far as like red flags that I saw at the beginning, I mean, I feel like inconsistency was one didn't really want to meet my parents at the beginning there was confusion so it was like okay like I thought we were together and it's like but behind the scenes he was saying that we weren't and he was talking to other girls and I still I was like oh no it's fine like uh, you're right we're, we're not really together and I look back and I'm just like what was I even thinking like that is not okay and so that was just at the beginning and as far as like going deeper into the relationship uh... or like maybe like a few months in um And again, like, it's hard for me to say, but I know I was very needy. I was very needy. And like, it's just, I don't know, I just look back and I cringe. I'm like, what was, (laughs) because, you know, we can get like that. And like, not a lot of people will um, admit that, but I was a very needy girl. And like, honestly, like, I feel like I was more the pursuer too, which that's not, I, I, from reading the word and things like that, that's not how we're, you know, the guy is supposed to be the pursuer. And so we ended up, you know, together and. I mean, like, I'm like, I feel like there was so many red flags. And then towards like the middle of the relationship, maybe like, well, not middle, maybe like six months in, um, I had actually started finding um, like drug paraphernalia. And so that was like, obviously a big red flag. And I remember asking him about it. And he was just like, Oh, no, like, it's just, you know, XYZ, or, it's you know, and I'll be honest, like, at that point, too, like, I was heavily drinking, I was doing you know, other things too. And so I was just like, okay, because you just think it's just a phase, like it's, it's okay, it's not that bad. And so that was a big red flag, because throughout our relationship, that addiction that that he had really escalated, like 
I mean, it got really, really bad. And of course, my drinking got worse and worse. But I would say those were the main red flags that I just ignored. And, um, and I stayed for so long, because I, I feel like I just had those attachments, I was so codependent. And again, like I said, I was trying to be his savior. And I think I was just, um, once you're with somebody for so long, too, it's like, oh, well, we have the history, like, it's gotta work, right? No, it's so good. I'm taking notes. Um, have you heard of the sunken cost theory? I haven't. No. <laughs> it's a um, my background's in business and marketing, but essentially it's talking about like an investment. Like if you have, mm-hmm. let's say you have a crappy rental property and you you've sunk thousands of dollars and you keep sinking money, 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 and at some point you become this tension of well, do I keep sinking money in it to fix it up and, and return my investment? Hopefully, even though that keeps not working and keeps not working, or do I just sell it and cut my losses? And um, I've heard that compared mm-hmm. to relationships, and and as you explained in this instance that you had, you know, so much is already invested. We have to keep going. Like, yes, it's getting worse. Yes. I'm finding drug paraphernalia and excuses and it's not going in a good direction, but I'm just going to keep hoping and like something that's going to change and nothing changes if nothing changes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Nothing changes if nothing changes. And again, I think I had this weird thought in my head where it's like, again, where it's like the codependency and this savior complex where it was like, what else can I do to make him better yeah. or to make him like change. And it had nothing to do with me, which you know? is it really so didn't. much on you and which is unfair and untrue mm-hmm. and unrealistic and everything else. Yes. I wonder if you could yes. like, cause I know there's someone listening who is like, Oh, I just, you just described my relationship, but it's, it's hard. You hear that and you're like, yeah, but I can't quit now or, you know, whatever everyone's circumstances mm-hmm. are different. And, and, you know, there's also the conversation of some relationships are worth fighting for. Um, one thing I want to point out real quick is I think that mm-hmm. I'm all about future thinking. And so if you see good in the future and no one has a crystal ball, but if, the, if they're on a healthy track, okay, they have a drug problem. They're not in their faith or whatever, but they are going to AA classes and they just sign up for a Bible study and they're surrounded by godly men. They are in a good direction. Mm-hmm. But as you described in, in like, neither of y'all were headed in a, yeah. in a good direction. So this was not going anywhere good anytime fast. Um, but anyway, talking to that girl, maybe mm-hmm. in your first six months of this relationship, when the red flags were flying everywhere, if you could like maybe go back and talk to that girl, what would you say? Um, well, one, don't ignore the red flags. And um, when somebody tells you who they are, believe it. Um, I think we fall in love with the potential yeah. a lot. And that was, that's definitely what I could see for me. Like I, you know, and he was, you know, he was a cute guy. He was, you know, had great qualities and all that, but I made it to be something that it, that it wasn't. That was only half the story. So. Well, in that same vein, uh, one of the topics I get asked on um, recently was like, what do you want to hear more of on the podcast? And that was how to talk to a friend in a toxic relationship. And so I guess I'm just curious, say mm-hmm. if you had a friend who was in a relationship kind of like you were. It's so tricky mm-hmm. because you can't say, hey, you're dating a dirt bag because um, they won't be friends with you anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I wonder if you could just give us some tips on ways to help your friend. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a tough one. That's a tough one because I know from yeah. my perspective, um, of course, like I had friends, I had family members that were just like, no, like, you know, maybe this is not, you know, it's not the best thing for you. And then I had, you know, of course, like family and friends that would almost get like upset with me because it, it turned into that, that situation where it was like, I was talking about the same story over and over and over again. Um, and so I know that can be frustrating. But I, I guess I could say like coming from my point of view, um, I did appreciate people not necessarily sharing their opinion, but just really, well, let me say this, loving me through it for one. 
and to just lovingly sharing mm. their view on the relationship, but in a way where it was like, like it was for my best interest from a compassionate place. Yeah. Like I want what's best for you. I have questions yes. that this is best for you. Yeah, exactly. And not putting pressure and just even being like, you know what, if this is your life, this is your decision, of course, like I love you, but I don't like seeing you hurt. I don't like seeing this being, you know, it's just a conversation like that. So I think just coming from a place of compassion and love opposed to being like, hey, like you're dumb for being in this relationship. Like, you know, just coming from that energy. And that's just, I just feel like that's not the right heart. And people don't respond to that. Right. And so, and and I can see that in my different relationships that I had at that time, like friendships, family members, and so forth. Like the friends that really just like loved me and just spoke life to me. Like I was more receptive to that. So. Yeah. I want to park here for a minute more because I, I've heard it said it's good to ask questions. So instead of like, you are bad when you're around him, he is blah, blah, blah. Like instead of like maybe more, Hey, I'm curious. Do you see a future with him? I'm curious if this is what you always wanted in a relationship. And I'm not sure if that's the right wording, but I wonder if we can just kind of dialogue and maybe help girls come up with dialogue mm -hmm. who might have a friend in a toxic relationship, or these might be questions that they need to hear and I didn't realize I needed to hear. So, so yeah, like, are there questions if we phrase it that way, instead of telling them, um, that might've mm -hmm. been helpful for you to hear if you can think back. Yeah, definitely. And that actually reminds me of a couple of questions that was asked um, of me at that time. And it actually reminds me of a couple of friends that I've had that I've, I've asked them these questions. So yeah, I think just kind of what you said right now is just asking simple questions like, yeah, like, do you see a future with him? Or when like this, these red flags come up, like I know I had um, a friend at one point, and it just seemed like the relationship was very, he was very controlling. And so I remember just talking to her and she kind of, she kind of saw the red flag, but was kind of like, what do you think type of deal? And so um, the way I handled that was just, I mean, asking that question, well, hey, like, do you do you see this working out long term? I mean, I've only been seeing each other for I think it was like a month or maybe a few months. And so just kind of and those questions did help because it kind of got her brain going, you know, and helped her to look beyond that that moment. And so I would say that's a good question. I would say just even asking you know, the friend, like, you know, what do you see in your future? Like what kind of, because I feel like a lot of us yeah. too, we don't really think about that before we get in these relationships. It's like, we don't really think about, okay, well, what do I want? Or even like as Christians, like really praying about it, like God, like what characteristics, like, is this godly man that you have for me? Because of course, like in society, like yeah. we have expectations from society, we put expectations on ourselves and that can just have us in this you know, that's how we get in toxic relationships or just, you know, less than God's best. And so I think asking questions is really helpful. And it also um, alleviates some pressure, like being put on that person too. Yeah, that's so good. I just think that, you know, obviously if a girl is listening to this and has a friend in this relationship, she cares about her friend and she wants what's best for her. And so mm -hmm. communicating that first and foremost, like, I love you. I care for you. I see concern. I see questions that you seem to be a different person when you're with him and, um, not mm -hmm. in the person that I know you to be. And I, you know, I have questions. So I think that coming at it with, with love and compassion, as you said, is, is so helpful because yeah, it's a slippery slope walking in and with guns blazing saying he sucks, break up with him is never going to work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's probably not going to work. Yeah. I say, yeah. And sometimes too, I guess like, I want to say this because I know this happened to me um, and not to bring like a negative connotation, but like, I know sometimes when we do have those conversations with friends too, even if we are coming like from the most loving way, like sometimes they're not, 
um, immediately receptive to it. But just like, I just want to encourage anybody that's in that position, like kind of on the other side, just to, again, just keep loving them and just um, know that they're human too. And that they're entitled to make their own decisions too. And you can't, um, you can't be their savior. There's only so much that you can do. So I just wanted to say that because I know from me, like I, I used to have that tendency where I just try to keep going and keep trying to save them. And it's like, well, they're still an adult and they still have to make their own decisions. So, yes, that is true. And, you know, God can redeem anything. And so we hope that even, even if you try your best, that there's something on the other side, but obviously, you know, we can also be Jesus to each other and be that example and speak truth and speak life. So there's, there's both sides to that conversation, but yeah. Exactly. Well, I love what you're doing and I'm so thankful that you're just bringing light to the subject of alcohol and toxic relationships and what that looks like and how to get free and, and everything in between. And so I just love what you're doing. Can you tell everyone how to stay in touch on social media and all the things you have going on in the world? Yes, definitely. So TikTok is my main platform um, and you can find me. I don't know if you're going to put yes. it in the show notes or I'm assuming, um, but yeah, it's just my first and last name and then um, Instagram. And if you go to the link in my bio on either one of those platforms, you'll also find a free community that I have as well. It's called Power Reclaimed Community. So, Okay, tell me about the community. Yeah, the community. It's a free community where um, that's where I do free masterclasses. I'll just do, and I do random lives throughout the week. And we talk, again, a lot about, um, of course, letting go of alcohol, relationships. We talk about Jesus, of course. Um, and really the whole point in that group too is just to not settle for less than God's best and really um, taking back your power that maybe you've given away, you know, spiritually, you know, to the enemy, but just also like reclaiming who you are in Christ and as a woman and just standing firm in that without letting these toxic relationships and habits um, take over your life. So I love that you created a community with those kind of goals and conversations. That's awesome. Thank you. Well, we'll make sure we put a link to all that because I know there's some people listening who'd be like, tell me yeah, more about that. Definitely. <laughs> Crystal, we unpacked this a little bit, but I would love to ask you the million dollar question before we go. And that is if you could have coffee with your 20 year old self, what would you say? Honestly, I, the first thing that comes to mind is just reminding her that she's loved. I'm reminding her that Jesus loves her and um, she doesn't have to find that. Um, like she doesn't have to fill those voids with things of this world. And I feel like that's like a main one because I feel like that's something I needed back then um, because I was looking for love in all the wrong, wrong places. And just um, even just when it goes to toxic habits and things like that, you're trying to fill a void. You're trying yeah. to numb. And I just... I feel like just love is a big one. And yeah, we all do that. Don't we? We look for love in the wrong places, yeah. wrong boys, the wrong accolades, whatever it is. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you for bringing light to this conversation. And I'm so thankful that you found true love in the only place that you can find it and then helping other women do the same. So yeah. you're awesome. If you enjoyed this episode, I would enjoy you sharing it with a friend. If you take a screenshot and share it on your social, make sure you give me a tag at Katie Bulmer Life, and I will definitely make sure I respond. And thank you so much for sharing the love. Hey, and if you're new to the podcast, make sure you scroll back. We have over 100 episodes interviewing experts and 20-somethings and everyone in between, tackling all the hottest topics you wish you knew, but maybe just don't. This is called the Truth for Your 20s podcast, and I'm so thankful that you're here.